the more deliberate you are to be spending your time building things that you care about, building things that are solving problems that you really care to solve is going to be a much better and stronger foundation for whatever career that you want to have. Unlock possibilities by changing your mindset. You will expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. You're moving into a land of both blind spots and learning, of things and ideas. You just crossed over into the Mindset Zone. Join your guide, Anna Malikia, founder of Solo Biz Academy, the director of education for Book Yourself Solid and a PhD in psychology. The show you are about to listen is backed by popular demand from the Mindset Zone Archive Vault. To get all new episodes, make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcast app and visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find the episode archive, show notes, and other amazing resources, including how to four times your success so you can work smarter, not harder, and learn how to leverage your talents to make a bigger impact while enjoying the process. All at Mindset.Zone. Hi, and I'm Likian here. And in this episode, I have a very special guest, Pam Slim. And she's the author of Escape from Cubicle Nation and The Body of Work. We are going to focus our conversation on our last book, The Body of Work, Finding the Thread That Ties Your Story Together. And very special for the USA listeners, you can enter to win a copy of this book, of Pam Slim book, the body of work, you just have to text mindset zone 33. So mindset zone 33, everything together to 33444. So the number is 33444. And the text is mindset zone 33, the number of the today's episode. Okay, let's go to the interview now. Hello, and it's a pleasure to be here with Pam Slim. And both of us are in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix no, in Arizona. You are in Mesa, correct? That's right. I can probably wave at you if you can see me across <laughs> the valley right now. Yes, this beautiful valley of the sun, like we were speaking before we start the recording. We still are enjoying the beautiful spring. Soon we'll have the summer, but like always, we will survive. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, I really looking forward for this conversation around your book, The Body of Work, uh, because I, first of all, I found you a very interesting person, coach and author, because you have a very interesting life. I still remember the first time that I met you in person, I think was about one year ago in the Infusionsoft conference, the ICON 14 here in Phoenix. 
and then you start to speak Portuguese with me. Yes. <laughs> and I was, whoa, how do you know Portuguese? And then I, I found out that one of the martial arts that used to practice was capoeira that was from Brazil. And now you have a very interesting life that I think it reflects in your work, in your speaking, in your writing. That is your body of work. And this was the topic that you decided to focus your book on. So can you tell us a little bit about what is a body of work for you and what is the book about? Absolutely. So the definition in the book of body of work is everything that you create, you contribute, you affect and you impact throughout the course of your life. Is the, is the short definition. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of it that way, that includes, of course, all the work that you do, your work history from the time that you begin working. For me, it was at 12 years old, mm -hmm. working at washing dishes at an ice cream parlor where I grew up in San Anselmo, all the way through different iterations of your career. But it also includes the types of relationships that you build, how it is that you are in your community, what are volunteer projects that you do, what kind of a person are you, what kind of a legacy do you want to leave behind you. And to me, as a 20-year career coach, the reason why I felt it was so important to be writing this book is because I felt like our world had really changed significantly uh, from what I've seen in the last 20 years. And the career advice that we were providing to people tended to be a little bit outdated. And because I spent about 10 years in the startup world of helping people launch businesses, I was noticing that many people were had the perspective that the only way to be creative and to be free was to be an entrepreneur and to mm -hmm. have your own business. And it just wasn't my experience. I love working for myself, and many people do. But for other people, that's not really accurate. So I wanted to write a book that would be accessible for entrepreneurs, for people working in academia, in government, in the military, and providing a frame of reference that we could all wrap our arms around. And you speak because is that this diversity that we all we in different degrees we have in our lives, and mainly nowadays because things change a lot from the previous generations. And I would like to go there, but before going to the diversity, I because when I, I love the subtitle of the book, finding the thread that ties your story together. So our body of work is everything that happens from when we start working and the even uh, uh, beyond that. But there is this, is I think the secret to bring is like finding this thread that ties the story together. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. So when we think in the context of careers and getting work and getting customers and, and making things happen for ourselves in our career... I know in my own experience, I have done so many different things, as you alluded to, you know, from working in an ice cream parlor to living in Latin America and Mexico and Colombia and Brazil, training capoeira for 10 years. I ran a, a volunteer martial arts organization. I worked in corporate. I was a consultant to corporations. I did startup work. And you can hear me do this laundry <laughs> list of different activities and think, wow, either she is really unfocused <laughs> or, or, hmm, I wonder if there is any commonality that unites yeah. these activities. And 
at different phases of our life, if you think about, for those people listening, where you are right now today, and as you look forward in the next five years of what you want to create, maybe you've been working in an organization and you've decided that you do want to start your own business, or maybe in the next five years is when you're going to write your book and you want to really build a platform in order to do that, you're going to need to tell a story about your own body of work in the context that's going to make sense for the work that you want to get. So if you're starting your own business, what's what's your about page? Mm-hmm. How do you tell that story about how you arrive to being the expert that you are in delivering your own business? If you're pitching a book proposal, how do you convince the publishers that your story is interesting and unique? And I really think that storytelling ethical, honest storytelling, but storytelling that's effective to get us the kind of work experiences that we want is absolutely necessary in today's environment because more and more people, either by choice or by force, do not have a straight line history in their work experience. And I work also with coaches a lot. So I, I specialize in, in working with self-employed professionals and many coaches and consultants. And the, I, I find that that is even in myself when I when I transition from psychotherapy to coaching. Like I say, in coaching profession, we never uh, we always had a past life before becoming a coach. Of course, uh, I call it the frosting. I say, you know, our rest of our life is the cake, and then the coaching becomes the frosting frost. on top of it. The, the thing. <laughs> interesting thing with me and I think many other people is that there is a phase that we it's almost we reject with we, we try to uh, to forget or uh, create like an amnesia a distance from our previous professional career because I think we want to um, be known as coaches not what we were doing previously and and we are not bringing that skills and that experience to the uh, to the forefront, but almost putting it under uh, shove it under the uh, the carpet. We want to ignore it. And I think we see in the mature when people become more mature, our coaches and our business owners, that then it's like a circle that we go back to our origins. And we are in a condition that we can bring it back that skills, our previous experiences. And now is part of our story. Do you what your do you find this happening too in your clients? And any thoughts about this? I find it all the time, and I worked with coaches for many, many years uh, through Martha Beck's organization, where I developed the curriculum for teaching coaches how to market their businesses when they're starting up. And that w- it's interestingly by trying to leave behind everything about your past is often what can put you in a position of feeling very insecure. Because if you've just gone through a coach training program, then you don't necessarily have tons of experience in many years as a coach. And actually, the cake and frosting metaphor is one that I came up with one day when I was coaching a coach about her concern for presenting herself as a responsible, trusted expert in her field when she was relatively new in the coaching industry. And what I said is her past experience, in her case, really deep, wonderful experience working in a corporate environment at a pretty high level was absolutely something that her ideal clients would really care about. And we certainly can lean on that experience. And I think people can understand how that can inform the work that you do. It can help to really reinforce your particular brand 
um, as an example of a non-coach, my accountant, who's an amazing postdoctorate tax attorney, is also a Navy commander. Mm-hmm. He's a four-time military veteran. He's been in very intense situations, um, unfortunately, in war, you know, abroad. He's uh, an extreme athlete. He loves to do Ironman mm-hmm. and double marathons and all of these things. You can believe that all of this makes him stronger and more capable and competent yeah. as an attorney. And and those are things that I feel really add richness and depth to the work that he does. And if he were just to separate all that and leave it behind, then I would have no idea of all the capability mm. that he really has. And do you think that this is still to do with the mindset of the previous generation that we grow with that, okay, you are supposed to um, study a subject area, be very good on it, get a, a job on it and specialize, 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 and you are known for that. And now we are living in the world that uh, is much more diverse, much more unstable, much more changing. And um, we have to change to a mindset that is not, no, we have to embrace the diversity, the diversity and having so many different experiences is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It is a good thing. And I, I think that is a big part of it is we often will apologize for having a diversion in our career or common wise at the time career advice would be people that would never recommend having a gap in your resume, yeah. that would want to be building a strong history that made sense as to why you were progressing up the career ladder. And I qualify what I said at the time, it was good advice. It was the way that the world of work was. It's what we knew. It was more established practices. I always think that there have been people who didn't necessarily follow that conventional mm-hmm. path. So now that there is so much more instability in the world than it is something, as I said, by force or by choice that, that people will be affected by. But we can people can tend to be embarrassed by it. We don't always make conscious choices about our career path. Sometimes we can land in really difficult situations. People can go through financial uh, catastrophes, you know, by trying to start a business and it doesn't yeah. work out. People can have difficult situations at work. So in crafting a story that really explains your highest value and your strengths and the value that you can provide to the audience that you care about influencing, right? Either a hiring manager Mm -hmm. or a customer. It doesn't mean that you have to be sharing every single part of whatever you've done. And Mm -hmm. that's sometimes something I think people can get confused on when they're thinking about the narrative of their work. It very much depends on the audience that you have. I'm much more a fan of embracing even those really challenging moments and finding lessons and ways to learn from them. We always need to be prepared if we have anything that might be a red flag or a signal for somebody who wants to work with us. But it doesn't mean that you need to lay your entire life out on the table for somebody. Generally, that's not going to be effective. You want to be choosing the experience that is directly related to that job that you're looking to be hired to do. Mm -hmm. And in your book, uh, The Body of Work, you dedicate a chapter just of that, share your history and how we can use things from speaking and from presentations from Nancy Duarte and from other people to help us to tell the story that is make more sense in that context. Exactly. 
And at the same time, and that is something that I admire in your work, yes, you are speaking about that. It's almost us. We are branching out. We are going out and we want to be seen in the world. But at the same time, you speak about the importance of having our roots very solid in the ground. Defining your roots is that phrase, the, one of the initial chapters. Uh, can you speak about that? Yeah, your roots, I find, are definitely your personal values, the strong feelings that you have about the work that you're deeply passionate about, whatever are the issues in the world and the problems that you are very eager to solve. And the reason why this is so important as you're thinking about what it is that you want to build is that we do have a finite period of time here on earth. We know we don't, in a, <laughs> the whole challenge is we don't know when it's yeah. exactly going to end. <laughs> and so the more deliberate you are to be spending your time building things that you care about, building things that are solving problems that you really care to solve is going to be a much better and stronger foundation for whatever career that you want to have. And knowing that when there are the inevitable challenges that come when you're in the middle of trying to write your book or launch your business or go for a huge promotion or close a big deal, that's when you go back to your roots and you say, this is why this is important mm -hmm. to me. I want to get my words out there in the hands of these people who need me. I have something that's going to help them. And time and time again, in my own personal experience, when I go through challenge and when I all the clients that I work with, going back to your well-defined roots is something that really gives you strength and purpose. And, and I think that's, if anything is going to be drawing alignment in the yeah. work that you do, it's really spending some time thoughtfully to be thinking about what do you believe? What do you value? What do you care? What problems do you care about solving? So this becomes like our compass or using Martha Beck language, our North Star? That's exactly right. You know, it's it. everybody has a little different way in which they will be describing it. Simon Sinek talks about having your why. Mm -hmm. we, as coaches, we've been talking for many mm -hmm. years about people understanding their purpose. Yes. A funny thing I found, though, as a longtime coach is sometimes we describe purpose as a singular thing, mm -hmm. which I've seen many clients absolutely bang their head against the wall, thinking that they can't progress in any way if they don't know. <laughs> to create their, if they don't know their singular life purpose. I don't know if I know my singular life purpose. I know many roots of things that I care about. I care about economic development and community building, and I care about supporting diverse leaders and underdogs and you know all these different things that have been important to me in my life. But I, that's why I chose to say roots plural mm -hmm. so that people know at different times in your life, you can actually feel deeply about different kinds of things. Yeah. And, uh, and if we look to a tree, uh, most of the trees is not one root, is roots that spread out deep in the soil that keeps it stable. So I love exactly. that metaphor. I love and sometimes in our lives, maybe one aspect of it, we are going to focus in terms of personal branding. Maybe we decide to focus in one aspect of it, one big value or one big root, but that doesn't mean that we are only that. 
very true. Mm-hmm. And another thing, I love that you speak also a lot with metaphors and with images, because I think it's, they, so it's a way of uh, speaking about complex things in a way that is, uh, people get it and it's easier to understand and to feel it in our bodies in many times. Because another thing that you speak is that with the diversity, you compare the diversity that we have in our lives, careers, that are our ingredients, Yeah, once again, people can sometimes think very one-dimensionally about what they bring to their work, what are their strengths, and we tend to think about the types of things that would be listed on a resume. So, years of experience, skills developed in particular work-related areas, but really what makes us strong and provide value to the world of work is also our experiences, sometimes our own personal journeys, hardship, Uh, different experiences that we've had, um, the, the kinds of things that maybe hobbies and outside interests, all of these variety of things that I call your ingredients. And so when you're looking at defining what is that work that you want to create in the next three to five years, you can have this big cupboard of different ingredients, mm-hmm. right? A little bit of Portuguese here, a little <laughs> bit of community building, yeah. a little bit of coaching to put together in a work recipe, Again, you don't need to, if you dump all of your ingredients into one pot of soup, it's probably not going to taste very good, right? You don't need to do that. Yeah. And at the same time, you also like almost an art uh, teacher and uh, that you are with your students saying you are not limited just to the paints that you have there, to the canvas that you have in front of you. You can go to other materials. Let's look around. Maybe there is something else that is not typically art. The stuff that you can use for your art project now. It's so true. And that's really what makes us unique. It, going back to my friend Kyle, who's my lawyer, I mean, I can go crazy with his brand story, right? How great is it to have an <laughs> extreme endurance athlete, Navy commander slash Pope's doctorate tax attorney? I mean, tell me if you can find one more of those in the world, right? They're, they come pretty unique. far and few between. <laughs> and these are things that really make you unique. One, one interesting thing that I've found in, uh, I've been running a course called Indispensable with a bunch of people from all different backgrounds. And one of the exercises that I have them do is to send an email out to people who they've worked with in the past, uh-huh. asking to describe what are some of the things that really make them unique, unique. and exceptional. And every time, first of all, <clears throat> everybody resists it and they get very nervous <laughs> to send out the message. But the second thing that happens is people often report being very teary as they read the emails and people see things in you and your experience and your ingredients that often you don't recognize yourself because you're just too close to it. So that's a really powerful way to start to learn is to see what other people recognize about how you do your work. And the interesting thing is that because in personal branding, we work a lot about what is uniquely you, what makes you unique. And I think about seeing teenagers, I have a a niece and nephew that are in the teenager years and all the drama that that can bring. And they they want to melt in, they want to be one of the group, they don't want to Um, to stand out in any way and I think uh, and then when <laughs> the funny thing is that when they they grow up and they will become on this side to succeed in professional life we have to learn to stand out it's pretty ironic isn't it <laughs> <laughs> 
And some of that really is based on age is, you know, that's what they're feeling, what's going on biologically, right, is wanting to belong and wanting to be part of community. But it always makes me happy to see them in educational environments and community and family environments where they are encouraged to Mm -hmm. be part of a community, but also really to be proud of who they are. Yeah. And is that to be able to accept that there are phases, there are things that are more important in some phases than others. And sometimes, and I think when we grow up, one of the things that uh, um, um, is a test that we are maturing is be able to hold the two contradictions, two contradictory things, and it's okay. We can live with that complexity. That's so true. I live with contradictions every day, isn't it? It's, it's the nature <laughs> of being alive. <laughs> yeah, and it's so important. And I would like you, if you have the book, because you have one of the chapters is your definition of success, chapter eight, and that is page 159 for anybody that has the book. And I would love, because you have a beautiful quote there, your definition of success, if you can read that quote. Yes, this is a quote from Viktor Frankl, who wrote the deeply moving book called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, And he said, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue, and it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's dedication to a cause greater than oneself. Yeah. And why I want to just tell us a little bit, why did you pick that one? I, I agree. I love the work of Viktor Frankl. This is very powerful. But I want to, why did you pick this one for this chapter? For this particular chapter, it's because everything that I've learned about what truly makes people happy, witnessing a few thousand people <laughs> go through to career transitions, uh, being a coach over many years, is Really true joy happens from certainly doing work that you enjoy, but almost always more importantly, watching what that work does for other people, watching what happens when you really do your best work for an organization, watching what happens when you bring your best coaching and people make amazing life transformations. That, That is a place, I think, that so many people can find so much satisfaction. And often when we talk about success, we tend to think in terms of metrics. Yeah. How many figures is my business bringing? How how much do I weigh? How cute is my family? You know, all these things that really just have to do with measurements about our personal life. And to me, what's really relevant is how are you using your life to impact others? And uh, totally agree. And also sometimes the thing that we have to... If we are, it's like going after happiness, going after success. If it's sometimes we have to be rooted, like you speak, defining our roots, knowing that we are doing the right thing, the best that we can at that moment, and trust that things will fall down in the right place too. It's very true. I mean, that's part of what you don't necessarily know what's going to emerge. That's certainly been the case. Well, really most of my life, but certainly, especially in the last 10 years, I never would have imagined that I'd be doing the work that I'm doing or having written two books (laughs) if we were to wind back 10 years. That's part of the fun and adventure. Yeah, exactly. And it makes this interesting. And then we can wave everything together, finding that thread and bring a beautiful story together to take us to a new adventures in our lives. 
Exactly. <laughs> so, any can you tell our listeners where they can know more about you? What is the way that you like them to interact with you? Yes, you can find me at PamelaSlim.com. And there I have all of my social channels. So you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn on Twitter. And I always love it if we can connect via email so I can let you know what I'm working on and when I might be swinging through town. I tend to be on the road quite a bit traveling and speaking and always like to connect with people there. So you can also jump on my newsletter list right there on PamelaSlim.com. Perfect. And I will put all these links in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and this conversation. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hope that you enjoyed this interview. And this is a special for the USA listeners. You can enter to win a, a copy of the book, a paperback copy of the book, and body of work. You just have to text Mindset Zone. 33 everything together mindset zone 3323344 and anywhere remember because you are a listener of this podcast you can get a free audiobook download and 30 day free trial of audible.com you just have to go to mindset.zone/audiobooks And you can subscribe to Audible, try it for free for 30 days. And then if you want to keep with them, it's a great resource. And one of the books that you can download, guess what, is The Body of Work. And you can go also to check the show notes of this episode by going to mindset.zone forward slash 33. The number of this episode, I always love to hear your comments and learn about your experiences. And if you want a weekly mindset workout, please subscribe to this podcast. If it's easier for you, you can listen to it directly from my website, mindset.zone forward slash info. Or you even can join the Facebook group. It's a public Facebook group at mindset.zone forward slash Facebook, very easy, <laughs> mindset.zone forward slash Facebook. And there we will also have access to the recordings of this podcast and to a community that are there to support each other and to help us to have this space to work our mindset and to explore possibilities. As always, I'm grateful that you cross over into the mindset zone, expand what's possible for you, the ones around you, for the world. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com is .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources. As always, I'm so grateful that you have crossed over into the mindset zone. Spend what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.